You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am here for deep soul level conversations and connections about spirituality to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath, leave what you know at the door, and step into the mysteries with me. Welcome back to another episode of Grit and Grace. And my friends, as always, I have this amazing guest who I believe this is her third time on the show. And many of you are going to recognize not only her voice and her name, but you're going to recognize the deep inner wisdom that this woman brings to the world. And her name is Shoshana French. So Shoshana, thank you. Mm, Thank you for having me. I want people to know that one of the values that you stand by is the power that you hold to be both in the physical world and in the spiritual world, because that is a pretty significant um, value to have, right? Yeah, it's it's a core value, and it's in all things. It's the ability to listen to um, people from all sides of their points of views, all sides of life. You know, like valuing birth as well as valuing death. Mm. Like it's it's a uh, holding both it informs every part of who I am. And can I just say that I love you so much, my sister, goddess, my fellow witch, all of the things, right? I mean, we're here because, first of all, we like to hang out with each other. A lot. <laughs> and and really, really wild things happen when we're together. And if only you knew, those of you that are listening, just to prep for this, what what time is it? Let's just look here. I'm just going to check and see. Okay, it took us like 30 minutes to be able to like calm down from like candles tipping over and like, you know, invisible walls to come down from outside. And I mean, crazy stuff. And then random, you know, birthday cakes showing up at the front door. (laughs) It was my birthday yesterday. So when we're recording this, it was yesterday. So hello, random birthday cake. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And the funny thing is that the woman, the name of the woman who sent me the birthday cake, her name is Persephone. And Persephone's mother's name is Athena. (laughs) No. Yes. Dude, that's that's a triple Athena for those listening to this. That's crazy. It's so wild. I mean, I, I'm, it's very, it's very, very warm in here. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I <laughs> wanted to tell you, you, you just brought up the birth, death, and rebirth. Like this idea that we have this cycle that continues all the time. And um, I just learned a new Sanskrit word, which I've been using as I enter into doorways or I enter into new situations, and it's um, moksha. Moksha. M-O-K-S-H-A. And it stands for I am free. I am liberated. And it's it's to me, it's the feeling of like birth, life, death, rebirth. Moksha. Moksha. Yeah. So it's so funny that you would say that because it's like the first thing written on the top of my piece of notepaper for today. <laughs> All right. So we have lots to talk about. Um, First, and for those that don't know Shoshana, I recommend you go find all of her previous episodes. Um, I don't really remember the numbers, but I'm happy to put the links in the notes so you can find them. But here's a few things to know about her. She has been studying intuition and spirituality for the last 26 years. 
Her study and practice around the sacred way started 13 years ago, and she is a master in dealing with, I'm going to say dealing with the divination tool of tarot. And I, I want to specifically say that it's a tool right now because I want you to dive into it more because that's how I would describe it, although they are a living, breathing connection to us as well. But yet some people just see them as, and, and they might call them, um, how else do people pronounce it? I want to clarify. Uh, uh, tarot or tarot. tarot? Yeah. I hear a lot of tarot, but tarot is how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's probably, that's how my teacher pronounced it, I imagine. Yeah, and it's interesting that we can, we can all talk about words, it doesn't matter. <laughs> One thing that I really love in all of our spiritual paths, especially you and I, the way that we intermix, it doesn't matter. We can find this, we can all use different words and mean the same thing. It's okay. We don't get hung up on this show specifically. We don't get hung up on the dogma of how you pronounce something. No. Never, ever. Never. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with tarot. Cause I think that that's, I think that's, that's important to get to. And also for those of you that are listening, if you have not gone to the Moon Temple Mystery School yet, you should go to moontempleschool.com and check out Shoshana's offerings because right now there is a tarot class, but there may be other classes down the road. So whenever you're listening to this, go check out and find her part in the Mystery School because she is part of the mysteries that we're bringing forward. Mm. Well, I love tarot. So um, how I learned it was uh, when I went to, co- I was in college and this was between my freshman and sophomore year. Um, my best friend at the time, Don, took me into the only metaphysical bookstore in a really small podunk town. For those of you that listen to uh, her show all the time, this story may sound familiar because I, I shared a piece of it on a show that we had before. But um, this metaphysical bookstore filled with women who were basically my mother's age, they uh, invited me to come take a tarot class And uh, it was a full day, like an all day long. And uh, the tarot deck was the one the teacher lent me. And then you would, you know, you went behind the counter and chose which one you had. And and Rosemary had like 40 different decks. And the one that talked to me was the Connolly deck. And the Connolly deck is really pretty, but it's very traditional. So it has a lot of the old Toth and Rider weight sim- symbols and numerology and kind of the Kabbalah symbols that are really old and familiar to people who've been studying tarot. And uh, it talked to me. So that was the deck I chose. And the end of the class, like how you knew you passed the class is at the end, everybody did readings for each other, but we had an odd number in the class. Uh, one of the people who was in the class who would have made it even couldn't be there. And so I did a reading with my teacher. And so we sat down, I did it exactly the way she trained me, shuffled the cards and then laid them out. And I picked up the very first card. I did a Celtic cross. For those of you who know Tarot, you know it well. For those of you that don't, you use 10 cards and it looks like a cross. And it's a big reading. It's, it's a big not, reading. It's not a, a, I'm just going to draw an oracle card quickly for the day. No, no. A Celtic cross is a big reading. It's, it's deep. in depth. Yeah. It's deep. So I picked up the very first card. It's in the, uh, the, the bottom of the middle of the cross, which is the card of where you are. And the moment that I touched the card, I heard someone talking to me. Mm. And prior to that moment, my intuition was uh, more uh, like feeling in my body. Mm-hmm. It was not clear audience where you hear things, but that is what turned it on. I was 18 and in that tarot class, and my clear audience got turned on. And so when I think of tarot, I think of uh, 
of it kind of in two ways. I think of it as a divination tool to be used for spiritual development and practice. And I also see it as a super practical tool that can be used every day. And I have a really deep love for it because it's the thing that connected me Mm. to this depth of intuition I didn't realize I had. And it became a way for me to learn. So that was the beginning of the path. I was 18 and it was 1990. Four. No, 95, <laughs> 1995. So that tells you how old I am. <laughs> That's so funny. But how amazing is that? And and that just goes to show you that there are, there are ways that we get opened up and expanded that we don't know what it's going to be. And yet I feel like for you, um, you still, because you still use tarot like regularly, I feel like that was, that was like an anchoring for you. That was like a, a, you you got it like a, a stamp on on you on your spiritual self. You got a stamp. Oh yeah, here we go. I don't. I mean, the woman who taught me had been taught by um, like a master true reader before that. So the woman who taught her at the time taught who taught her was twenty five years before that moment, and that woman had been studying for twenty five years. So it's sort of like anyone I teach now is learning almost from a three-person lineage with 75 years of training in how to read the cards. Now, you could study the cards for your whole life and there's more. Like there's always more. Like if you get really attracted to Kabbalah or Kabbalah, some people call it, that's sort of the mystic Judaism that's in the cards. Mm -hmm. You could study that. If you're more like dig numerology, you could study that. If you are more into like the illusion mysteries or the the Egyptian mysteries, there's that. It's all in there. I mean, there is so much... And then there's yeah. thousands of decks. I was going to say, so what? So talk to me about that. Like, how does that impact your ability to read the cards when some decks are very specific? Like, we have this most amazing deck that you and I have played with. Um, <laughs> it's new in my life, and it did get me banned on TikTok for a week. <laughs> I got put in TikTok jail um, because there's a buttocks showing in one of the cards. And, and that's talk- not even the worst card, people. Oh, no. These are full nude cards. Um, but I didn't, I would, I would have put a sticker over that, but I didn't draw those cards. And I thought a tiny little butt in the corner of the picture. Meanwhile, it was a very hot backside of a man and put me in TikTok jail for a week. So, but that deck is so different, right? So how, how does that work for you? Is it just a matter of getting to know your deck? Uh, if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I want to learn tarot, but I've been a little intimidated. Uh, I, I, like me, it's choose a deck that's beautiful to you. Like uh, Taverly likes beautiful backsides of men. That's why she chose and the front. That. Let's be clear. I like the front side too. <laughs> yes. So she chose that deck. <laughs> but choose a deck that's beautiful to you. If you've never read cards before, if you've never read cards before, the thing that you would choose would be something really traditional. I think mm-hmm. just because they're easier to understand. Um, you know, seventy-eight cards. It, you know, has a major and minor arcana. There's all these different pieces, but... Um, I do work with a, a rider weight deck as well. Like uh-huh. I, I just, it, for me, there is the historic piece of that that I yes. want to pull into knowledge. So even though I'm working with a deck that is much more forward thinking and advanced and different and creative that reflects me, I'm using a traditional deck daily. So my deck with my favorite nude men on it is um, not the daily deck, actually. The daily deck for me is the rider weight because I feel like there's so much ancestral knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. in there that I don't want to miss that part. Well, and there's so many, here's the cool part about the time we live in. It, 
there are tons of people who are interpreting the wisdom that exists in the tarot already, and they're doing it in like a unique and creative way. So some people, for example, there's a deck that's got vampires. So some people love like not that vampires are real, but the idea that about vampires, about the power of blood, about darkness and shadow. And so they, you know, interpreted the wisdom of the deck that way. Some people love things that are more about fairies. So there's these great fairy decks. If you, that's what you're attracted to. If you love animals, I love animals. One of my favorite tarot decks is the wild unknown animal deck. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So choose a deck that you're attracted to, because if you look at the deck and it does nothing for you, you're not going to pick it up. And uh, that's what my teacher told me. She, when I looked at all the deck options, the Connolly was the one that talked to me. So she said, pick that one. Because then you know you'll shuffle it, you'll use it, you'll look at the cards, uh, and then you'll actually learn. It, it, there is some basics that you have to learn when you learn Tarot, um, just so that it doesn't seem so foreign. It's like learning a new language. But after you know the basics, then there's a lot of room to play. Because every person who writes a deck interprets the mysteries in a different like art and different mm -hmm. shapes and different numbers. And also then the book that comes with it, they're interpreting sort of the pathway of human beingness. And that's what the Tarot is really about. It is that thing that I've spent 26 years exploring. For me, that is what the deck is about. It's about the, you know, the minor arcana is about our life. It's about the, the four elements and the part about love and family. And it's about thoughts and creations and it's about conflict and resolving them. And it's about money and like our physical place we live and what we do for work and life. And then there's this whole other part of the deck that's the major arcana. And that is about, or arcana, again, different interpretations of those words, but it's all about the journey of the soul. You know, like, who are we? We start at a point and we, throughout our journey in this lifetime and many lifetimes, we move through the space of knowledge and wisdom. And so that's, I mean, I love the deck. I've mm -hmm. always loved Tarot. I had one deck only for probably, I don't know, seven, eight years, and that was it. And that was the only deck I used. And then um, I got a message from Spirit that in my readings with people, to it was had become kind of like a, a security blanket and to stop using the cards and to just sit with people and channel what I got. So that's what I do now. Um, but... I use the deck personally and I love to teach other people how to use it because it is a, it's a great way to get, I don't know, visual confirmation of what you already know, feel, see, or hear. And I also think I have two questions for you, but I, I want to just say that I also think that the people that are receiving the reading like to see the cards because it's easier for people that have not awakened fully yet to see that something's coming from the card instead of you just channeling as a psychic. It's actually easier for them to swallow. And so I heard a psychic many, many, many years ago, somebody that I studied before I was even doing any of this work that said it is difficult for humans to understand the psychic phenomenon that experience, they experience when they receive a message. So I use the cards to make them more comfortable, not because it gives me any of the information that I need to know. And I was like, oh, like that is amazing and also very relatable. Like that makes sense to me. Totally. Okay. So my question is, can you talk about how the tarot was started in the first place? Like, where does it come from? Mm. Because the thing is, is that it's... It, 
there is a baseline of the cards, even when there's the creativity pieces put in the major arcana, the minor arcana, like that was, that was established for, and it's still the same. Like we all work with kind of the same, um, template. Do you know, I, I mean, I think I learned at some point where it came from and who started it, but I, I don't know. There's not a lot of agreement about it. Different people say different things. So this is what my teacher told me. She was particularly fond of um, the Egyptians have a really old culture. And so she believed the Toth that this wisdom was disseminated from temple keepers, from priestesses of old, from really ancient religion. And these are things about how human beings can channel this higher reasoning, learning, and what we call now, we joke about like superpowers, but really like the metahuman parts of ourselves, our ability to switch on our healing, our ability to intuitively know things. So um, she believed it came from Egypt. And then, you know, it sort of spread as things do through oral tradition uh, and it made its way to Europe. And somewhere I think it's, you know, during the Enlightenment period, which is like 1400s, you know, if you know anything about the 1400s, the Catholic Church liked to burn people or drown mm-hmm. them. So you didn't really, or hang them. So you didn't really talk about these right. mysteries that were not in the Bible that right. no one could read because no one really could read them. So they got put in a card form. And that card form then kind of like things went underground. Mm-hmm. So then if you knew how to do it, it became like a French card game. And then that spread and ladies knew how to do it and people knew how to do it, but it was like not a thing people really talked about. But um, there are different cultures like the Romanis, um, the people call them wrongly the gypsies, but the Romanis, that's a tradition um, for reading the cards. And they had a particular style of deck. And my understanding is the French game and the Romani style deck kind of came together, and that's the more modern decks that we see. Mm. Those kind of two parts, because the Romani's more focused on the major arcana, like the soul journey. Any movie you've ever seen where there's some woman, right, like in some kind of turban with big gold earrings, and she's like, "I see death," and then she pulls the death card. That's the major arcana. That's a card mm-hmm. in the major arcana. But the French game was all is then what became playing cards. So that's where it came from. Interesting. I think it made its way back here when uh, mysticism became very popular in the United States. Which was? Like 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, you know. Still fear of, of death for for practicing something outside of the, yeah. the church. I mean, the fear Seances was still there. were a big deal yeah. then. Yeah. Right. Spir- spiritualism is what they called it. But, you know, a lot of that got, quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes for people who can't see me. <laughs> it got debunked. Um, which is just another way to say that it didn't really go with the powers that be and it got kind of buried and then it didn't come again, you know, until kind of a resurgence. And there's been a few in uh, the last century. And then now it seems like there's not a resurgence. It's just what's normal. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. It's true, actually. And okay, so let's talk about the other common question that people ask a lot, which is what's the difference between an Oracle deck and a Tarot deck? Um, the main difference is, is structure and form. Right. So uh, tarot deck has 78 cards, and the cards represent these four elements, which come across as, you know, earth, air, fire, water, or, you know, cups, 
wands or rods, swords, and pentacles or coins. And then um, the major arcana is the fool all the way to the world. So th- those are the cards for tarot. Oracle cards have no um, formal structure. They're very based on whoever's created them. So at home, I have three Oracle decks, just as an example. I have a lot of Oracle decks, but three that are completely different. One is uh, how to be a millionaire deck. And so Mm. you pull cards in an Oracle deck to increase your understanding of where you're blocked around money. I have another deck, (laughs) which is totally different. It's a roomy deck. Mm. And that one is all about this, the mysticism of Muslim. And so like I pulled one and it's about Fatima and beautiful cards. I mean, the cards are stunning. And then I have another deck that I literally use all the time and it's the Animal Oracle deck by the Wild Unknown. So those are three, they have completely different numbers of cards. Like the Millionaire one has 36 the uh, roomy one has like, I think 40 and then the other one has 70. So they're all different numbers. They look completely different. Um, so that's the main difference. So if you wanted to learn to read cards, I would recommend starting with Tarot because mm-hmm. it they tend to use more symbology that's u- like that ancient wisdom, mm-hmm. whereas Oracle decks are... Um, in my experience. So anybody listening to this, if you have an experience and have a difference of opinion, awesome, mm-hmm. totally fine. But in my experience, Oracle decks are um, more about like a spiritual path only in my, you know, like, and they're mm-hmm. not for that depth of reading. Like I often will pull a single card in an Oracle deck, um, not a whole bunch. Like I feel like here, I would just add my interpretation yeah, if please that's do. okay. Like I feel like, the majority of the oracle cards that I work with are situational. They're 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 best used for situational, and that makes a difference because to me, the tarot deck, even if I'm drawing a daily card on a specific question or a topic, it's it's about life, it's purpose, it's life, it's all the parts of life. Whereas oracle to me seems like it's the the individual's situation in the moment, and it can change. And so um, I use two of my favorite decks are the Sacred Rebels. Which it's a beautiful deck. I love that deck so much. Um, and then I love the Dark Goddess deck, of course, because that's the energy that I'm really comfortable working with. Um, but I, I also realize that I have more decks than I will ever use. And so I try to stop buying them. But oh, there's so many. The artwork is so beautiful. It yes. calls to me so much that I have to get the deck, even though the amount of time that I need to invest in it to really be able to use that deck is something different. Um, so I, I recognize some of it I use as art. And that's that's okay. Well, and the practice that I have for the last like four or five years, kind of a newer, I mean, in the realm of practices around Tarot, since I've been reading it for such a long time, the new practice I started five years ago is on Mondays, I like to pull a card about health, relationship, like my husband, um, the business. I've owned a business for almost 16 years. And then what do I need to know this week? And so when I do that very intentionally, I pull each one of those cards from a different deck. Mm. And so then I'm, what I've, what's been fun is now when I go to my altar and I look at the cards I've pulled, they're all from a different deck. So now I'm using decks that I bought because they stole my heart, but they sat in the box (laughs) forever. And they're like, please use me. Oh no, it's so so true. Yes, that's exactly what happens. Yes, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I also think too that um, you brought up a good point earlier when you brought up 
that at some point you don't need the cards to divinate the information. And, you know, that's, that's why at the beginning I, I specifically said that they're a tool because it's, you aren't hindered to intuit information, be, whether or not you have the cards. That's a, it's a specific way. And, but I, I also think that it's, it does open you up in a way that, especially tarot, like it opens you up in a way that um, holding a crystal doesn't. Right, like I, I do a lot of earth-based spirituality. You know how I feel about that. So for me yeah. to say that it opened you up in a different way, I also think part of it is because of the symbols. Part of it is because of the long, 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 long line of people in our craft that have been using the exact same symbol. So it pulls in knowledge that you don't have access to. When I train people in intuition, like I train people in in tools, because mostly what we need is the mechanics of using intuition over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so that we can start to recognize like, oh, got it. That feeling I get in my gut, now I know what that is. That sense of hesitation, that's a communication. When I'm pulling a tarot card and and you don't know what the tarot card is, you can really easily misinterpret it until you understand what it is, but it it still can help you recognize the mechanism of your intuition, like how your gift works. Mm -hmm. So some people just really love, like in life, they're really visual, Mm -hmm. but in their intuition, they're really more clear uh, voyant, right? Or I'm sorry, clear audience where they hear things. Like I'm really visual in life. Colors, like, like I love art and I love fashion and I love nature just for textures and colors and shapes. So I love the tarot for that because it's visually interesting. Mm. But my strongest gift in my intuitive arsenal really is my ability to hear. I mean, it comes so fast. Mm. But it does like it, but I learned that from using tarot. I learned that, like it turned it on. So if you're listening to this and you have a deck and you're like, I don't even know where to start and what do yeah. I even do with it? Yeah. What I recommend is you meditate with your deck. Like you pause and hold the deck in your hand and get really clear what is it that you want to know. Because as a tool, right, if you pick up a hammer to screw in a light bulb, that won't work. You need a different tool. But Tarot is a particular tool. It's a tool for inquiry, either about your life or about your spiritual path. So ask the Tarot really specific questions. Super helpful. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you can sort of dive in and... uh, and eventually, I mean, I, when I look at new decks that are not traditional symbology of the tarot, I have to pause and, I, you know, like, oh, what does that mean? Like when when you showed me your deck, mm-hmm. uh, that deck, it was like, oh, that's such an interesting interpretation of the empress. Mm-hmm. Hmm, there's a man on that card. What does that mean? That's mm-hmm. such an interesting, like I have to pause too. So it's not like you learn and then you're good. Yeah. It's It's what they say about, it um, mastering something is to me, that's why I say not mastery, like it's you're done, it's mastering, like it's an ongoing process. So mm. I, I still am practicing and learning and exploring. And so if you're just getting started, be patient because <laughs> yeah. it's just a, it's just a learning a new language and then really learning the mechanism of your intuition and how that can be used as a tool. How to row is a great tool for that. And it's a practice, like everything, oh, right? right? Nothing yeah. nothing happens overnight. And nope. and I also think that because we can read for ourselves, we have the ability to practice regularly and ask good questions and and then just reflect, like write it down, journal on it. Uh, OK, 
Okay, so I want to ask, I know there's lots of questions out there around how do you cut the deck? How do you do shuffle it? Do you have to knock it three times? Does the person you're reading for like have to touch the deck? Like like literally I get these questions on TikTok all the time. Oh. It's really interesting that people don't, they think that it has to be a certain way for it to, to work. And so I would love to hear your take on that. And then I'll share with you what I normally tell okay. people. <laughs> all right, I'm curious. So- uh, one thing that you know about me is I'm not a big rule person. I know. This is why we get along so well. This is why so we get along well. so well. I, I honor the sacredness of the journey, but I'm, but it's not a serious one for me. So even my teacher, uh, Wendy, all those years ago at this, you know, at the class I took said, I'm going to teach you what my teacher taught me and how I actually do cards on my own is something entirely developed over 20 some years of reading. You do what works for you, right? You do you, boo. So for me, when people are like, well, if I don't shuffle it right, is it actually gonna work? Uh, yeah, it will. Because it's a tool, meaning an extension of your intuition. So it doesn't actually matter. Um, so uh, most tarot cards are really big. Now I have like above average size hands, honestly, like a large. I've never looked at your hands before. I'm looking at your hands right now. They are, they are. I mean, I'll have to, yeah, you're across the table. I'm I'm from the table. I'm going to put your hand up. I wear, I wear a size like 10 rings. So it tells you the size of my fingers. I have larger than normal. So I can shuffle it like a deck of cards, but most, most people who have smaller hands cannot. So for me, it's just the, you know, like, uh, what do they call that? It's necessity is the mother of invention. So shuffle the cards in a way that's comfortable for you. I like shuffling the cards until it feels like my energy is all over them mm-hmm. because then I'm starting to kind of like create that connection to this beautiful tool that's going to help me channel this guidance from wherever you believe it comes from, whether it's your ancestors or the God goddess or the universe or whatever you believe. I love creating a connection with the card so I can start to channel the information. So for me, I shuffle them really like a deck of cards because I have big hands and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, people I teach, like I have one client, her hands are tiny. Like it's a joke. Her hands are really tiny, mm-hmm. like a kid. She has to wear kid gloves. And so for her, she like smears them all over the table like peanut yeah. butter and jelly. Yeah. And she's like, kind of turns them in a circle and then she puts them back together and then does that a few times. She likes doing that. Um, that works. I've seen people kind of do the side. Like the side shuffle. The side shuffle. Yeah. Any, like really, it's what works for your hands, what feels comfortable. And for me, I really like to, I just trust that I'm putting my energy in the cards. I don't care about the number of times I shuffle it. I don't care how I shuffle it. And I don't care how I pull the cards. So how I was taught was you shuffle it enough times and then it's in a stack and then you cut the cards once. That's how I was trained. And then you pull the card off the top. That is boring to me. So I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I like to spread it out like a fan and pick one out. The one that's like, pick me. So that's how I do it. Uh, So my point is it doesn't matter. Doesn't Doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You do you. Thank you for that. That is exactly what I say. (laughs) The only rule is there are no fucking rules. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I've been cutting my deck in three with my left hand for about two years now. I love Um, that. And so there's, there's something to that. It's that third cut that I, I seem to get and, um, 
Just lost train of thought right there. Hang on. Yeah, so I like to cut it um, three times with my left hand. And the other thing that I do is the Sabbath Tarot, which is a deck that we've been talking about that I love so much because it has all the nude men on it. Um, it has a very different um, invocation. To, and I, I actually believe and follow what the author has created. Like he has a very specific way to call it in. There's a specific type of opening to the cards. And there's twice that I have done readings without doing that opening. And the deck said no. I mean, like literally said no. As I'm shuffling, it's like, nope. Nope, nope. And I sometimes I get the nope and I shuffle it enough and we get I get my energy and it's like it, it opens. It's like, okay, if it doesn't, I that was the first time for me. Like it didn't stop saying no. And so I'm like, oh, it's because I didn't honor the process. At least for me, that's how I felt like I didn't honor the process. Or the person that I was doing the reading for, that wasn't the right deck. Because that some decks too, I feel like are, um, they bite. Hmm. I like that whole idea, especially given what's on those cards. Mm-hmm. Thing I'll say is that, um, we're talking a lot about energy and I'm a big believer again, because I like to stand one foot in the physical realm and one foot in the spiritual or cosmic is that brain science has talked a lot about the magnetism of the heart and how there's this actual electrical charge. So when a mom holds a baby and there's this energy where their hearts start to beat and there's like, they've been able to do it with, um, electrodes and they show this like it's almost like um, the vibration matches, if that mm. makes sense, the yes, electrical totally. vibration. Yeah. So to me, like basically what I'm doing, when I'm shuffling cards and I'm creating that connection, I use the word energy, but literally to me, like I'm putting my actual electricity from my heart into right. the deck. And so um, that's why you can imagine now, going back to something we talked about earlier, why it matters to choose a deck that you like a lot because you're putting your heart into it. So if you have a deck that you don't think is beautiful and doesn't move you in some way, then you are not going to put the energy in there. Like, mm. as my friend says who has a newborn, like, I hold, I held a lot of newborns that were crying, and I was always like, here, take it back. Yeah. But when you hold your own newborn, whether she's crying or spitting up, it just did a whole different vibe, right? Because right. right. there's matchy-matchy. So true, yeah, so to so me, true. that's the for me, that's the same thing with... Uh, you know, as we're talking about the mystery school, it's like when you talk about tools for sacred practice, it matters the energy that you put into the tool and it should be specific for what you're using it for. So for me, that's the, you know, if you have a deck that you use every day, like I used the Connolly deck I had, I used it for 10 years and then I gave it to somebody because I knew it was time to give it to someone mm. else. And she told me that that deck, she brought it all over the world, like all over the world. She taught in the Middle East and Africa and Europe as a teacher of English. And she brought that deck with her everywhere and said it was really helpful in informing her. And I like to think part of that is because it, I poured 10 years of my heart into the cards. Mm-hmm. So she got that little like, you know, juice of love that I had for that beautiful deck. So for you, if you got a deck and you don't ever touch it, that's yeah. actually what we're talking about. It's yeah. not even your knowledge base yeah. because there's a lot of uh, great tarot teachers. Uh, Biddy Tarot is one of my favorite. She says intuitively reading the tarot, it, you need to know enough that it makes sense like enough of the language, and then you just got to go for it. Yeah. So to me, that's, if you got a deck and you never play with it, 
it, you, you're also, not connecting. Yeah. I also think too, that you create a connection with the deck. So it gives you the message. And so like what, even though there's a framework for it, what you might interpret on one card is going to be a little different than me. Cause I have a different relationship with that card. A hundred percent. And that's one thing that I find interesting is that I've been a part of different groups that have done like readings for each other. And I see that one person will do a reading on their interpretation of a spread and somebody else will say, Oh, well I would have thought it would have felt like this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. The person doing the reading has a, a language, <laughs> an exchange that happens with the cards that's very individual. And I, I, any of the students that I work with, when we're doing any type of um, practices of readings, it's first look at the card, look at the card. Like before you open the book, like really look at the card, look at all the colors, see how you feel. What does your body tell you? Write it down. And then maybe you need to reference the book for your own knowledge to get to a place of feeling like you're connecting, but the card is going to talk to you specifically and it's going to be different than how I would see it. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things to talk about because I feel like that's when you start to really turn in your intuition. Like when, and I'm sure you've done this hundreds of times when you're working with a student and you tell them to just like look at the card and interpret what did the symbols mean to you, something shifts in their body immediately. And I think it's just beautiful to witness. Part of uh, our conversation today, we're going to talk about this tarot class that I want to teach for the mystery school for Moon Temple. And one of the things that I train people to do is to look at the card with your eyes because there's stuff your eyes are seeing and then pay attention to how your body feels when you're looking at the card and then notice what thoughts pop in your head as you're looking at the card. And then I have people close their eyes and do exactly the same thing. Redraw the card in your mind. Now, you're not going to redraw it exactly as it is. You're going to redraw it as the interpretation of what your your awareness, your intuition is mm. telling you what the card means. Mm, that's beautiful. And then when you open your eyes, you go, okay, good. So what did you get? And People are often shocked. And again, I've taught tarot classes to hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds, but then I have them look at the the book. Okay, now look at the book and see what the book says. And they're like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what I got. But then they notice there's one piece of it that they're more drawn to, and then that's actually the message. And this is the thing that I dig about tarot. It's kind of like of all the tools you can use, it requires a little more of you. And I like that. It's a really active Mm -hmm. tool. Mm -hmm. So you both, there's whatever the card is telling you, like the message of the card, and then you have to go back to what you've asked and we're trying to, to get, like what guidance or information you're trying to get. And you have to connect those two things together. That is my favorite. And that requires you to go a little deeper. It, oh, yeah. it, it, it does. It requires you to tap into your, like your own body to interpret. Yeah. It's, <gasps> it's know, so juicy. So we're totally geeking out. It's too I bad know. you can't see us because we are geeking out We are out totally right geeking now. out. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I love the process of closing your eyes to do it because what I imagine happens is you only redraw the things that you were drawn to in the first place and parts of it sit to the side. Interesting. Ah, oh, I might have to incorporate that in my teachings. Mm, so fun. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. And like, for example, the, a really well-known card that people talk about is the tower. If mm-hmm. you've ever read a deck, the tower is the card mostly that you see. It's an image of a building on fire, like an actual tower on fire and people falling. You think they're falling to their death. Now, when I originally learned Tarot, that was the very first card that she had us do this practice with. And you basically meditate on and then put yourself inside the card, which is some of, which is actually what I teach people to do so that they can sort of see the wisdom not as separate from them, but as part of them. And when I meditated on that card all those years ago, the message was not about 
falling to your death. The message was, hey, dummy, when you ignore the smoke, by the time the fire comes, you have to jump from a burning building. Mm. And so every time I pull the tower, it's always like a, hey, 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 either you didn't pay attention and now you got to jump or a like, hey, do you smell the smoke? Mm. Are you ignoring your instincts about something? So for me that like, that connection to that card, if I pull that card in any deck, it's that same connection. It's mm. the same connection because it, it's the wisdom of the card. And I, I think it's worthwhile saying that, just like we said, it's just, it's a tool. So yeah. that, that lesson of pay attention to your hesitations and your instincts in life when something is telling you something's wrong inside, but everything around you, right? You can't smell the smoke or you're saying there's smoke and no one else smells it. And doesn't believe you. And doesn't believe you. Hello. We've talked about that before. Yeah. But like, but your instincts are screaming at you to like, you're, that you need to walk away, that that's a lesson now I have in life. And I learned that from studying the tarot. And I've learned that from, there's so many cards, lovers, the lovers card. One of the cards I studied, like really deeply studied is the ace of cups. And that card, if you, it's like, it looks like a big cup that's kind of overflowing in almost every interpretation. And it's, it's about uh, having enough, like the love that's inside that it pours outside. And that's the lesson I got from that card. If you don't have enough love for yourself inside, how can you expect to share love with others? Like that's a lesson I learned from Tarot. So that's why I geek out about Tarot is because to me, it's a, transformational sacred tool. That's what it is. It's an amazing tool for divination as well as just practical. I was just going to say practical oh, everyday life. Practical. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And I get so excited about I the tarot. <laughs> and this is why we have you teaching the class in the Moon Temple Mystery School. And so, again, that site is moontempleschool.com. And I am fairly certain that if you have not been to the site yet and you go and you see all of Shoshana's information and you check out the class, it's going to be great. And if you if that class isn't for you and you want to learn more about how to work with Shoshana or get a reading with Shoshana or spend time with her, her contact information is on there or mine, or it'll be in the show notes here. It's not hard to find Shoshana. And we will put your social media links in the show notes as well. Thank you. What is your Instagram handle? It's Shoshana French Stokes, my married name. Yes, we will put that in there. And it's S-H-O-S-H-A-N-N-A. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Well, my friend, this has mm. been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about the working with Tarot and intuition and how this impacts everyday life because this is important stuff. And we know that there are a lot of people that don't take the leap to learn because they don't know where to start. And so you've broken it down in a way where people that are very called to but are not sure because, listen, you can't, you really can't read a book about Tarot and, and learn to use them. You actually have to go and do it. You can learn, you can read the book, you can read a book, you can watch a YouTube video, but you're not going to actually make any progress until you do it. It's like watching a video on how to sing. You can learn that, but in, uh, unless you actually go and do it, <laughs> there will be no results. So yeah. take out your deck. Yeah, please do. Please do. And yeah. uh, please share with us what you learn and yeah. please, and if you are called to please join us for this for this class it's going to yeah. be awesome it's going to be awesome and don't forget that we also have a coven in the mystery school so if anybody wants to join the coven Shoshana will be in the coven we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff and yeah awesome thank awesome. you thank you so much my love now we should go crack open that birthday cake heck yeah <laughs> that randomly appeared <laughs> 
All right. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us there so you can stay up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. And on any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. Mm